0: Hi everyone, welcome back to The New Managers Club, you're listening to episode 8. I'm Ali. And I'm Molly. So in our last episode, we discussed how to know when you're ready for management. Well, now that you're armed with that knowledge and raring to go, it's time to talk about building your confidence to make sure you're ready to tackle your first management role with everything you've got. So let's get into it. We share a resource we've learnt from at the end of every episode, so make sure you listen until the end to hear it. And, because I have to say it, you'd be devastated if I didn't, it's official, you're part of the club. So, Molly, talk to me about your confidence journey since you became a manager in the lead-up to becoming a manager. Say we're plotting your confidence on a graph, right? Imagine the x-axis and the y-axis. How has it looked? What would that graph look like?
1: <laughs> it's skyrocketed over the last couple of years, for sure. Amazing. And there, I've tried so many different things, over the last, like, four years because it's a confidence is something that I've always struggled with I've always known it will hold me back in my career and I've read all of the self-help books which I can confirm none of them are going to help you <laughs> oh god really in terms of confidence no and I've even read books where you do, like, it has hypnosis sessions in them. Right. I've actually had formal hypnosis as well to try and solve my confidence issues. Doesn't help at all. Well, having said that, that doesn't mean for you listening that that wouldn't work for you. Um, but the amount of time, time I spent reading self-help books, mm-hmm. you know how much Yeah I-, <laughs> no, I do, but I didn't know, that it's,
0: normally you're like raving about how great they yeah. are and how much they've helped you and like this new habit that you're gonna like
1: yeah. use to change your life because of the latest self-help book. But when it comes to confidence, it's just not coming through. No, it doesn't. I think with confidence, it has to be very practical things. And I remember really clearly, actually. So apart from practical, the hypnosis thing—that was probably more on the practical side but it did not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it didn't work for me. But I was so keen to give different things a go. I was really quite open-minded about it. But actually, there were some key things that did help my confidence really significantly. And I remember the first thing that sort of triggered a series of things that helped. Is and you'll remember it as well. I worked with your team to write an article about what I do in my day job. Yeah, and going through that process of like writing out what I do, what I know, made me feel like oh, I do know what I'm doing. Wow! And that that I think that was the first thing that clicked for me. And then shortly after that, I was contacted by someone on LinkedIn to take part in a podcast. Um, to talk about marketing, my experience, sort of tips in the area that I work in and I was terrified of doing that. It was probably the most nervous and stressed. The level of stress I experienced in the build-up to that podcast is so out of my comfort zone but I just knew I had to push myself to do it and like having worked on an article with your team before that and having that out there felt like a little bit scary but then going from the jump to the podcast I was so stressed But my confidence after realizing that I can talk about what I do. Yeah. And I I do, to an extent, know what I'm doing. I'm I'm not an expert. (laughs) I say, to an extent. (laughs) That is not not good confidence practice. You know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm great at my job. (laughs) um, But no, so going through that experience of talking about what I do, that definitely helped. And then going on to do like a series of other podcasts after now recording our own podcast <laughs> talking about experiences it's like that thing what's that What that saying when if you know something when you have to explain it to others mm-hmm. that's when you really yeah. I don't know yeah, that's definitely the phrase <laughs> That
0: is exact, someone's got that printed like, on a t-shirt in yeah. those exact words um, no you're right you learn Almost more from teaching something to others Mm -hmm. than you do from learning it for yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so that massively boosted my confidence too. And just like people's responses to that because, you know, you can really like criticise yourself Mm. and how you're doing and things like that. So yeah, that definitely helped. So it's interesting that it sounds like almost
0: putting yourself out there and going so far out of your comfort zone is what really helped you to build your confidence. Do you think that's accurate?
1: A million percent. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Probably the thing that someone who is lacking confidence is least likely to do (laughs) is the way to build
1: your confidence. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, but I think you can start small, like contacting, you know, someone in your industry that writes articles about things and contributing there, or Mm. even just something you're interested in, like, you know, into a bit of knitting, like join the knitting society and give a talk about knitting, like, you know? My God, (laughs) (laughs) one example. (laughs) Um, but there's so many things that you can do. Are there talks do. about knitting? There must be. There must be.
0: Have you attended some? That's
1: like big business, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> it's yeah. like knitting magazines. Um, but yeah, I think just in your area of interest, in your workplace, wherever it is, just push yourself. And I know it can be terrifying, but I think the thing that works for me, I always say yes first, and then I just like go and die. I'm like, oh my God, I actually have to do this. <laughs> it's usually like, right, <laughs> well, as soon as I said yes I'd start stressing about it but now I don't stress until like right before the thing that I've said yes to and um, so I think it gets easier over time like I've been I guess on the podcast a few times out of the past year or so and like it does get easier I think you just have to like persevere and keep pushing in confidence is not something that you're going to fix overnight it's a really sort of long-term thing and it can I think it sort of it goes up and down as well, depending on what you're experiencing we what have got going on. I think soon after I started, when I did wrong, my confidence dipped a little bit. So I was like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> was that <laughs> a bit of an imposter syndrome kicking oh, in yeah. or anything else? Definitely. No, it was the imposter syndrome for sure. But then, yeah, when I realised actually no one's got it figured out and sh- crack on, it sort of <laughs> started to rise a little bit again. That
0: nobody has got it figured out thing I think is so interesting because... Yeah like, I think everyone does know to a certain extent that, you know, no one's perfect and no one's an absolute expert in everything. But I think something that does happen when you take a step up to a management role, you really do realise with such clarity that you just cannot get anywhere else, that everybody is in fact winging it, like, all of the time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so simple to say, like, you know, I do it, you do it, so you think, okay, naturally, but actually I just... think there's certain people certain levels of seniority where you think like no they've got it they've got it figured out and they absolutely do not and I feel like when you when you have a seat at that table at management level you see that with just such clarity that you just can't you can't experience that in any other um kind of role I don't think I think it's something that's quite unique to management have you found that was that quite a big realization
1: for you completely and I have to keep reminding myself of that when I see other people around me that are uh, they've got their shit together, super successful. I have to remind myself, they don't have it together either. Yeah. And if you actually speak to them and have a proper conversation with them, you'll realise that very, very quickly. Like Everyone's just figuring this out. Mm. No one knows. And I think if you're not in a management role and you haven't been on, in on those situations as much, it sort of reminds me of teachers at school. You know, you think, wow, like, they've got it together. They're so grown up. But actually, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> they often young adults that have just sort of come out of university and they, they've got no idea you know, just been thrown in front of a class and have to teach, so It's, it's one of those important. things like,
0: oh in my 40s I'll figure it out in my 50s I'll figure it out, you know yeah. when I'm 35 I'll be so together and have it so sorted and then you get there and you're like, oh this is
1: Do you have an age in mind at the moment where you're like, oh I'll have it sorted I have it. No, no. <laughs> and I think I know now that
0: that will never happen yeah. Yeah. Um No, I mean, me, I think like 30s people do say don't they like oh yeah you know in your 30s your 20s are for like a freaking out and not knowing what's going on and i'm very much in the middle of that right now um i feel like 30s is
1: maybe when you're a little bit more together but maybe not yeah maybe maybe, but maybe, maybe you're just in their 30s will be listening to this and being like no you're wrong no i agree and
0: probably actually you're just like so sad that you're not in your 20s anymore oh, okay so then thinking about that from kind of like a management point of view okay you've taken a step up you know that not everyone has it all together all the time. But do you think, in your opinion, Molly, that you need to be a super confident manager for your team to have confidence in you?
1: To an extent. Do you? I think you do. I think it's good to be honest and relatable. But if you are in your sort of team meeting, you I don't know. I don't know. All this is so stressful. It's like we've, we've spoken about it before, like setting the right tone. Yeah. And I think if you're sort of flapping about like, oh, I don't know what we're doing or here, there and everywhere with no sort of clear direction, then that's going to be really hard. And I think you will struggle to pull people along with you. Do you know what I struggle with
0: a bit when it comes to that is
1: particularly over
0: teams or, um, but also face-to-face and fairness, but particularly in a kind of like virtual environment, I really struggle with the silence. Like say you're in a team meeting and like you're you're hosting your team your daily catch-up whatever it is I have mine a couple of times a week and I really hate it when things go quiet like you know when there's just that moment of like no one wanting to talk like you've asked a question and everyone's just like staring at you and you feel like as the manager you need to kind of take charge of that and keep talking and like and I'm so bad for that and I feel like I have to like keep things going
1: yeah do you know what I've felt exactly the same like I'd sort of say, wait does everyone want to run through their bits, and I'd sort of wait for someone to say something. But now, if it, like, it's the silence more than a second, I'd say, name, you go first. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Because know, is it, it's just awkward. Um, I Typically, our team meetings are in the morning. So it's a bit like really early, got past nine, so people are probably still waking up and not quite, you know, into the flow of the day yet. So maybe need a little bit of a nudge sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I need a nudge. Yeah,
0: fair enough. It's just, it, I think that those times when I do that, and like when I do keep talking and it's like word on it, and it's like, okay, like there's so much silence right now, I just need to fill it. It's probably the times when I do come across as most like flappy, all over the place- don't know what I'm talking about because I'm like just panicking thinking okay I need to like take charge of the situation because it can't just stay silent forever it's interesting isn't it like probably just keeping my cool Mm -hmm. and like you said having a bit more direction and a bit more calm like okay this is what we're doing this is like the structure okay you go first this happens next
1: yeah do you know what I'd love for you to test and I'll test it as well oh my god in those silence, just don't say anything and see how long the silence lasts. Oh my god. <laughs> Who will break first? But then, this is,
0: I'm getting way, way, way off topic here, but its I think it's really good advice, so I'm just gonna share it anyway. You might remember the HR expert that we had in on episode five, Sarah, said to me once when she was kind of like coaching me through having difficult conversations to not be afraid of the silence, ever. Mm. Because, particularly when you're having difficult conversations, I'd like to, like, to Pearl and my team meetings are not just, like, (laughs) a really shitty, like, silent, horrible atmosphere. Like, they they can be quite fun when talk about, like, what we had for dinner on our weekends and stuff. But, um, like, say you were having a difficult conversation, or even in in an upbeat, positive one, like, don't be scared to let things go quiet, because actually that time for reflection and that time for consideration and thinking... Okay, where does this need to go next? Is good and actually can be very productive to the conversation. And as the manager, as the, like person taking ownership of that situation, you do not need to fill those gaps.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. One, it gives someone sorry, I've just like interrupted you in yeah. talking about the silence, which is like probably the least, <laughs> least consistent thing I could do with that feedback. But but you like you don't need to keep talking. You don't need to just go mm. and go and go. Taking a break having a pause, having a second to think like, okay, is this going the way I want it to do, the way I want it to, can we bring it back on track? Is this achieving what I wanted? Can be really, really beneficial.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think as someone that's had low confidence in the past, I'm very hyper aware of those silences. And I feel even more, I can't say even more because I don't know, but I feel a lot of pressure to fill them because I don't want people to think, you know, that oh, you know, she doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah, that I can't leave a meeting. Like, that I can't (laughs) inspire... Do you know what I mean? That I can't,
0: like, inspire people to actually say some freaking words. Like, (laughs) that... And I think that does... And actually, it does relate back to confidence because it gives you that anxiety of, like... Am I doing Yeah, Yeah, am I doing this right? Is there something I could be doing mm. that would get a response from people?
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do like to sort of think to myself... How would I respond to myself in those situations? Yeah. Which is mixed. Why <laughs> <And that laughs> is it mixed? Because when I was in the team, sometimes I'd have a lot to say and sometimes I wouldn't really feel like sharing anything at all. Yeah. It... People are complicated, aren't they? People are very complicated. when yeah.
0: Okay, so if you, you said that you think it is somewhat important to be a confident person, manager in order for your team to have confidence in you as someone who has struggled with confidence Mm -hmm. what have you done to kind of become that person who can lead a morning meeting who can have those difficult conversations can like get stuck in and get involved what I know you talked about some things that you tried earlier but what kind of practically have you done to say right this is how I'm going to build my confidence to be the best manager that I can
1: be I so the things that really help with my confidence on a daily basis is exercise, specifically running for me. And I know it sounds really random and unrelated to work, but that's the biggest confidence boost for me. I know if I have something big that I need to work on, or if I'm going to be presenting something or speaking on a podcast, I massively benefit from running before. Like you know, those times when you're I don't know. If you get it or anyone else listening if I'm presenting to a lot of people sometimes I get like really shortness of breath like oh my god everything I'm about to say is is stupid and but if I run the morning or the night before that I'm so much calmer and together and I'm fine and also aside from that I try now not to overthink things I can get too much in my head and also when you when I've had times where I've been feeling like, oh my God, do I know what I'm doing? But people from the outside like that we look at other leaders thinking, oh, they've got it together. They think I've got it together. you yeah. are people that said to me, oh, like, how do you do it? You know, kids, work, how are you juggling it all? You seem like you have it together. I'm just like inside, I'm like, what? What are you talking <laughs> <I'm> about? <laughs> you have no idea. Um. So I, the best thing for me, apart from running, has just been not to overthink it just if if you're not the sort of person that dominates a conversation and like you know naturally sort of leading everything just don't force yourself to do that Is it, as a leader you don't need to do that you can sort of guide you mm. know from the background but you don't need to dominate every conversation there's a couple of things that i want to pick up on that you've just mentioned i think the first thing i mean i am not a runner
0: (laughs) i can i can be upfront about that now but what you've kind of said there i think is really important because it touches on like investing in things outside of work and not forgetting how important you are as an individual not just in your personal uh, sorry not just in your like professional capacity in your personal capacity too like you might look at going for a run and be like oh well, that's the time that I could have been spent on email preparing or you know doing something that seems on surface productive and like preparatory for whatever you're doing but actually what you are doing is taking some time to do things that are important to you and that give you energy which might not look the same for everyone else but I think that is super super important the other thing that you mentioned was about kind of like feedback from others and I think that can be really important because a lot of the time, I know you said about um, people looking at you and thinking, like, oh, you've got it so together. And it's great that people have said to you, mm. you know, how do you do it? But I actually think a lot of people don't say it. Like, I probably look at a lot of leaders and think, wow, you're so inspirational. Like, how do you do it? If I went up to them and asked them, how do you do it? I probably would get a whole lot of insight and knowledge mm-hmm. that I wouldn't otherwise have got. And likewise, if I spoke to someone like a peer-to-peer level or a more junior level and said, you are at, you're doing such a wonderful job, I just want to tell you like, how much I respect what you're doing, I think you're an amazing professional, you know, wherever it is, that was probably a little bit much. But getting that feedback, asking for feedback from others, I think can be a really good way to build your confidence too.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And that's something that I do. I've seen on TikTok loads where people say create a folder on your desktop of all the positive feedback you've received. Yeah. And um, but when I was interviewing actually last year, I um, had a whole deck of all my experience and stuff like that, and I included a slide in there of all the positive feedback that I've had. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: I need to add that to my CV. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other thing that you said was about not forcing it. And I think that can be really challenging. We talked about like the, the um, track of falling into fake it till you make it, which I don't think is something that either of us subscribe to. Mm-hmm. But actually, there is a real, and kind of like building on that, there is a real role, I think, for a kind of strong, quiet leader, mm-hmm. not a super vibrant, confident, energetic leader and like don't get me wrong the the latter of those is great in certain situations but there are also times when being maybe what underlies it is being less confident but ultimately being more kind of um, quiet more considered less forceful in opinions can be really beneficial and particularly if you're working with you know specific employees that really benefit from that I think knowing when to dial up your confidence can be a really powerful tool but also knowing that it doesn't have to be there all the time is probably even more powerful.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And realising that, realising that I don't have to be sort of this leader that's out there, voicing their opinions all the time is just what relief. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think one thing that's really interesting is that
0: I think a lot of, so like listeners today who maybe are thinking about taking a step up into a management role probably i'm making a bit of an assumption here but bear with me i think probably a lot of people in that position wait for confidence to kick in before taking a step up to management they're like oh well, when i feel ready when i feel super confident and like my best self then i'll do it but actually this might be a bit controversial i don't think confidence is the number one thing that you need to work on before you become a manager no. or even what you should be putting a lot of focus on in my personal opinion. But I'm very interested to know, Molly, do you agree?
1: I do agree. I think as someone that had incredibly low confidence, I would not have been an effective leader then. Mm. Because I wouldn't have, in the times where I've needed to sort of stand my ground on something or have a difficult conversation with somebody about something, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And that's really important to make sure that your team's heard. It's interesting though, because not, not to cut you off there,
0: but... How do you know that you wouldn't have been able to do that?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Like, do you think that actually if you had been thrown into that situation? I think it would have stressed me out so much that it wouldn't have been, I would think I would have burnt out very, very quickly because mm-hmm. I would I would have been pushing myself too far out of my natural comfort zone and I think you've got to slowly edge out of it like I do I do have to push myself out of my comfort zone all the time now still but I'm not as far as I would have so if you're pushing yourself too far beyond what comes naturally to you and where you're at at that time then it can quickly lead to burnout so yeah I think it maybe I could have got by but it wouldn't have been good for my sanity mm. and I don't think it would have been particularly good for the team that I would have at the time. Interesting. Do you think you could have led a team earlier? <sighs> also, sorry, not to why mo- when you were thinking, I interrupted <laughs> your silence. Oh my God. But also, life experience is so important. Mm. I think having gone into, if I had gone into a man in my very early 20s, I don't think I would have had enough just general life experience to be able to manage people. And it's hard to put into words why that's important. Yeah,
0: but it is. No, it is important. I think for me, I completely agree that I probably, if pushed, could have done it. But I think the reason why I struggle with that is because I don't feel like I became a kind of drastically different person when I took a step up to management. I mean, I'm sure like innately some things have shifted and I've, you know, dialled up different skills, I've learnt new things, but I don't feel like I've become a a drastically different professional. So it's, I kind of feel like the kind of underlying stuff has always been there. So probably I could have done, but I completely agree that it would have been very challenging. It probably would look quite different. Probably I would have been less likely to ask for help and to like lean on support and that would have made a big difference. But I think for me, the biggest things to work on that I think have made the the difference for me and these are all things that I'm still actively working on I'm not professing to be an expert in any of this but being adaptable mm-hmm. like what we said earlier about knowing when to dial that confidence up and when to dial it down I think that is so important and knowing that you don't always have to be like at 100% yeah in terms of confidence in terms of anything really like dial it up dial it down based on the situation Mm -hmm. be adaptable be adaptable to different members of your team be adaptable to different situations be adaptable to what you need from yourself and like how introspective and how much support you need and the other thing that i think is really important and it's almost the opposite of what i've just said but I, i i do really really think it's so important is consistency yeah like can you be consistent Can you, and and this is something actually that has um, been really tested for me in the last couple of weeks, like from person to person in your team, can you be consistent? Mm -hmm. From situation to situation, can you be consistent? When you're judging something, when you're giving feedback, when you're setting expectations, when you're, you know, setting out tasks and laying instructions, can you be highly consistent? Because... Mm -hmm. I feel like inconsistency is one of the biggest things that unravels a leader is when you feel like one person gets one thing, one person gets another thing, or when you feel like you don't know what you're going to get from one kind of day to the next, or you're not sure to your point earlier what the kind of overall direction is or what the key priorities or values are because of a level of inconsistency. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think that is something that is like so important to work on to try and And that that requires, to your point, I think, about life experience, that requires a really, really important understanding of who you are and what your values are, what kind of leader you want to be. We've got an episode on um, that in our back catalog, which you can go back and listen to, to try and help you kind of answer some of those questions. But that, for me, over and above confidence, because I kind of think that if you're pushed, you can you can get there yeah. and I don't uh, what I what I would caution against is waiting for confidence to come in. Like confidence isn't gonna come out of nowhere. It's not gonna suddenly arrive like neatly packaged up on your doorstep one morning like here's a load of confidence. Go do your thing. No, like you have to and actually whilst everything you can do to work on it and Molly I think you've given some really great advice today on how you can do that. Ultimately you've got to kind of like put in the work and go out and test it. Mm. That you've got to put yourself in those situations that stretch it to try and, like, use it and exercise it and build it up. Because, like a lot of things that we've talked about in this podcast, it is a muscle. You have to use it to see how far you can push it.
1: Yeah. And you're right. And just when you were talking that made me think, like, it will be tested at times. And do you know what? Something that's really hard to accept when you come into a management role is that at some point everyone moans about their manager yeah fuck not that it was a moan but I heard someone say something the other day about my management style and my team last I was like I thought oh, what you were
0: going to say about me
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. I was scared I was reveal that on the podcast <laughs> no but um, about, about your management about style about my management style and they well, it was true and they said that my management style was quite laid back and which is you what's know, happening Uh, No, but it's like feedback, which is, you know, I suppose it's quite different to having a moan, but that's something that could knock your confidence, potentially, if you weren't comfortable with it, but I know in my head why I am that way, yes. and I know that it's not that I'm laid back and I don't care about things, because I'm so confident in my team's ability, and I know that if I micromanage them, I'm all over their tasks they're not going to make their own mistakes and learn mm. they're n- not going to I value so much the times where I was given the space to make my own mistakes and learn from and so yeah it's not enough, I sort of took it you know, it's good to hear feedback and I'm like you know you take it on board but there's a reason that I'm not all over everything everyone's doing because because they, they're so capable and maybe they don't see it themselves yeah, yeah I think there's many times where your confidence could potentially be knocked in the management role. I think that's when it's really important to know your values and understand your leadership style. And so you can sort of fall back on that. And also, like, that will grow and develop. And if you're giving feedback, you should absolutely take that on board and look at what you're doing and reconsider if that's the right approach for those people. But um, just be confident in yourself. Mm. It's interesting
0: because um, I think reading between the lines, I know who that has come from and not to, like, expose them. <laughs> um, no, but the, the reason why I mention that is because I think um, that speaks to someone that hasn't had management experience. Mm. I don't know a person that has been managed and has, like, has taken on management that would say that being laid back is a bad thing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think
0: that I don't think that that... I think that... Feet, not to, you know, to Molly's point, you should listen to feedback and, you know, consider whether a kind of adjusted approach is needed, but I, don't, I think that shows a kind of level of naivety when it comes to management, that probably when that person steps up to a management role, they'll understand yeah. why you were the way you are, and actually they'll probably try and emulate yeah. it, because I think that's how all managers should be. Yeah,
1: and I don't... I think they sometimes saw the way that I was about where they get tasks done and they could sort of get things by and I'd be laid back right but like they determine their own success yeah I know in my head I'm not going to put them forward for something yeah. if you know a promotional pay rises come along and they've you know been lazy or taken advantage like no <laughs> I know in my head I'm I that's what they're like and they're not naturally driven enough to push themselves it's like, I'm not there to parent. I'm there to overall make sure productivity is high and we're getting out what we need to. But I'm not gonna, you know, be holding their hand. Yeah. Well, you know, we do want to people's out and help them along. But no, I agree,
0: and I think this talks to something that we mentioned in a couple of episodes a couple of episodes ago about like everyone's gonna have something to say about everything, and actually having that kind of innate knowledge of who you are, what your values are. Is going to help you through that there's nothing that can 100% prepare you for for that and even being the most confident well-rounded high energy person, positive person is not going to help you when that feedback comes in and gives you a knock. Unfortunately it's not like I don't think there's anything you can do to prepare yourself for that but equally that's a time when when you receive p- feedback probably where you need to like let some of that confidence go be a bit more vulnerable a bit more humble, and think okay do I need to reconsider what I'm doing here and that is the time when I think dialing it down really can help you and so okay. I think my key takeaway from having this conversation with you today which I found really really helpful is like confidence isn't it's, a, it's like a tank that can be full or it can be running out or it can be topped up like it's not something that you have to wait to kick in like you're not suddenly gonna have a like confidence drive installed like it's gonna be something that you have to work on you have to top up you have to take stock off from time to time it's not something you're probably gonna have in spades all of the time and that's okay and you do not have to wait for that to happen to know that you can take on something new and a new challenge because ultimately that will allow you to be in those situations where your confidence will be fully tested and tried out and that's when probably you will find that you have the most underlying level of resilience that you didn't even know was there yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I agree. great well that feels like a good note to conclude on and um, as you know by now we share a resource that we have learned from at the end of every episode and it's my turn to do that this week um this actually relates back to confidence because you know i like plan uh, you know think about this ahead of time um this relates to actually this is um a conversation that I had and it's probably not something you'd want to like necessarily put on your uh, like CPD record like a conversation but actually I think as we discussed before you can learn from anything so I'm going to include it anyway um I had the privilege as Molly did actually um to attend a face-to-face event last week a big event um, or at least it felt like a big event, like 200 people in person. It was quite scary, wasn't it? it, was, it oh, like... I loved it. Did you? Yeah, I did love it too. Did. It was just, it was like a baptism of fire after like a two years of virtual stuff and Zoom and being able yeah. to, to mute and turn your camera off. Um, but actually, so I was there with my team and I had the privilege of sitting down with um, all of the speakers on the day um, who were presenting at this big um, summit event. And we did these, like, interviews with them, kind of behind-the-scenes kind of style. And all of them were lovely. Like, every single one of them were were absolutely wonderful people, so easy to talk to. But one of them, interestingly, was really, really nervous. They are super, super senior at a very big company that you could purchase that items from like pretty much any supermarket that you went into like you they they're they're a big deal like I was scared to interview them because they are a big deal and they're like a big brand probably one of the biggest brands that was at the event but this person that I sat down and interviewed from there was so unbelievably nervous to the point where I had to so when I when I approached them and said can we do this interview um you could tell there was like a level of reservation there and then when we actually sat down to do it they said can I have five minutes. I need to read through the questions that you're going to ask me wow. and think about what I'm going to say. And I was like, My god, if you like, you are the person in this room that is most knowledgeable, most experienced, was like had a lot of life experience, super senior, been at the organization for a really long time. Like, if they get nervous yeah. and then they need to see the questions before I ask them,
1: isn't that so reassuring?
0: Yeah, and it was, it really was a moment of thinking, like wow, okay, this literally happens to all of us. They were the only one that was kind of authentic enough out of all the speakers that we sat down with to say, actually, can I have a minute? And probably it really helped them to like perform better in the interview and feel more comfortable. And I don't know if that's reflective of their seniority level that they felt confident enough to say, <laughs> it's a bit of an antithesis because obviously you're feeling confident to say, you need time. Um, but probably the only one that felt that they could say, this is what I need.
1: Yeah, I really like that. It's interesting, isn't yeah.
0: it? I'll tell you all, more about it once I You can probably figure out who it is by now.
1: Yeah, no, that, I think that's <laughs> a really good point though and I, there's a lot of times now where I feel like I can really, I'm definitely a reflector but sometimes mm. I feel like I need to reform an opinion like right here, right now and so I, I love that. I think I'm going to use that. Can I, I just have some time to consider that? Yeah, it's
0: good. It's a good thing to fall back on if you need it. Like, to your point a lot of the times you feel like you have to have stuff off the cuff like ready to go you have to be on it all the time but you don't and that's not realistic so if you need five minutes to prepare yourself and then enable you to like be your best when you approach it i'm sure that whoever you're working with whoever you're interacting with would prefer that than for you to be super uncomfortable and not perform at your best yeah
1: there you go I hope
0: that was helpful um So thank you so much to everyone for listening today. I hope you feel confident. I hope you feel prepared, resilient, ready to go out there. If you're already in a management role, I hope we have helped you to attack each day with all of the resilience and all of the confidence that you need to do an absolutely amazing job. If you're waiting to take your next step up into a management role, just know that you already have everything you need to be able to do that. And anything that you don't, you can learn along the way. So, what's next? We will be back in fortnight with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, follow us on social media at New Managers Club on Instagram to make sure you don't miss any of the action. Also, please do subscribe to this podcast if you're enjoying the series. Make sure you're up to date with all of the latest episodes, and we will see you in our very next one. Bye. Bye.